You are listening to The Raid with Raider. Okay, so in today's episode, we are going to be talking to Logan Others. Say hi, Logan. Hi. And Logan is a student athlete at LVHS. Um, She is a member of the girls' soccer team, and she plays goalkeeper. So I'd like to just ask her a few questions today. Okay, so the first question, what is it like for your sport to get little attention? Well, it has its pros and cons. Of course it sucks for people to tell me soccer isn't a real sport or for people to call the team a bunch of grass fairies when they haven't even watched a game uh, to see that it's, you know, labor-intensive and definitely not uh, wimpy. But it has positives as well. Uh, It eliminates the social pressure to have to play how kind of like the traditional way, the way that everyone expects you to. Uh, because if you make a mistake, no one's watching you to like make fun of you afterwards or say, oh, that's not how the pros do it. So you can just kind of play the way you want to and try out new things and no one cares because no one watches. Okay. So uh, next question. What is it like to start on varsity as a freshman? Well, the first game, it was daunting, but after that, it was completely fine. It was just like any other team I'd been on. The competition wasn't nearly as bad as I had anticipated. I mean, compared to travel soccer and the really competitive leagues I'd played in when I was younger, it was just maybe a bit more intense than those had been. But I felt that I fit in well on a more competitive level because I tend to enjoy challenges. Okay. Uh, Third question. What is it like to play goalkeeper? Uh, harder than most people think. I mean, it looks like I only get an action for a few seconds at a time, but that small amount of time is hard work. The goal is 8 feet tall and 24 feet wide, so it's a lot of space to cover for a somewhat short girl. Uh, the diving and running into people's cleats creates plenty of bruises, so that's something most people don't think about. But it's really fun, um, especially when you get to punt the ball and you just watch it fly, and then when the other team's coach comes up to you after the game and is like, whoa, you're a girl, and you're young, how did you kick it that far? And you're just like, because I can. Okay, so fourth question here. How is soccer, how, excuse me, how is soccer practice conducted? Uh, well, we normally do the same old drills every practice. There's no set schedule for it. I mean, they're good drills, we just don't vary it up a lot which is something that I normally used to enjoy with practice anyway. Um, Our program is definitely more relaxed than the super competitive schools. Uh, We don't do a lot of footwork drills and things of that nature, which is something that could really take us to the next level if we were to start to incorporate that. All right. And final question, can you describe this past season? Well... Our last season was full of milestone, my, milestones for the whole team. Uh, we ended with the best soccer record in school history. Probably won about 15 games. I don't remember exactly. We play a lot. Uh, Ashley Schmall scored her 100th goal. She's the seventh girl in Licking County history to score 100 goals in her high school career. Um, I currently hold the record for the most shutouts by a keeper at Valley. And I have among one of the highest save percentages as well. And the team worked together really well this season. I mean, we've had conflicts in the past, people not uh, getting along, but this was definitely the best season we've had for that so far. 
uh, you can talk to the coaches and they'd say the same thing. And that's the most important thing because when we work together as a team, uh, our it shows. We play well. Um, everything improves. I mean, when we're relaxed on the field and can laugh together after we make a mistake, that's when we bounce back from the best. And I can't wait to see how we do in the future with this new attitude. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Logan. Um, say bye. Bye. The Raid. You are listening to The Raid with Raider. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to be discussing kneeling during the National Anthem. Um, yeah, in professional sports. Uh, read an article on ESPN titled, How National Anthem Rules Differ Across Sports Leagues by Kevin, Kevin Seifert. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so I believe that disrespecting the National Anthem is, uh... It's, it's not something that I would do. Let me put it that way. I, I understand that it is allowed uh, via the First Amendment in some cases. But uh, there's some professional sports leagues and their rules. It, it, if you read it in, in a certain way, uh, it, it can seem like they're breaking the rules a little bit. Yeah, so... I'm going to begin with the NFL's rule here. Uh, it reads, During the National Anthem, players on the field and bench area should stand at attention, face the flag, hold helmets in their left hand, and refrain from talking. The home team should ensure that the American flag is in good condition. It should be pointed out to players and coaches that we continue to be judged by the public in this area of respect for the flag in our country. Failure to be on the field by the start of the National Anthem may result in discipline, such as fines, suspensions, and or the forfeiture of draft choices for violations of the above, including first offenses, end quote. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit fuzzy. Take what you want from that. Alright, moving on to the WNBA and NBA. Uh, the rule reads, players, coaches, and trainers are to stand and line up in a dignified posture along the sidelines or on the foul line during the playing of the National Anthem. Yeah, so, a little bit different. Uh, moving on to Major League Baseball, there's no written rule on it, but an MLB spokesperson has said before, while this is not a league rule, the playing of the National Anthem of the United States and Canada remains an important tradition that has great meaning to our fans. The playing of God Bless America at designated games is a club choice. Okay. And uh, it should be pointed out that Major League Baseball was the first professional sports league to start playing the National Anthem. Uh, the NHL, there's no formal rule other than it should be played before games. The players, on the other hand, there's no requirement for their posture during it. Um, NASCAR also, no written rule. Uh, NCAA, no written rule. But student-athletes are expected to be on the field 
or court for postseason play. Um, U.S. Soccer Federation, they have just now created the most strict rule, arguably, of the bunch. And this is after Megan Rapinoe, a uh, member of the women's soccer team, the U.S. women's team, uh, knelt prior to her game against Thailand. Yeah, so the rule reads, All persons representing a feder federation national team shall stand respectfully during the playing of national anthems at any event in which the federation is represented. Yeah, so pretty strict rule there. Um, Major League Soccer just encourages the players, but they are not required to. Yeah, so I've seen teammates of mine disrespect the national anthem over the years in youth and high school sports, and it is kind of troubling to me. Um, yeah, but like I said before, I don't believe that it's necessary. I think there are better ways of protesting getting your word out rather than disrespecting the national anthem and the armed forces. Um, yeah, and I think only division can come from this. Only division. The raid. You are listening to The Raid with Raider. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about concussions in sports. I believe they're a little bit overhyped. Uh, I think they can be misdiagnosed. I believe that the United States, in general, is getting softer as a nation. And most individuals don't even know how you get a concussion. Um, let's see here. An article from Psychology Today from neurologist Harry Karasitis, hope I'm pronouncing that right, MD. Um, yeah, so, this is a extremely credible guy we have here. Extremely credible individual. Um, the way he describes it is that the brain is a soft tissue organ like butter, unattached and encased in fluid, end quote. Um, yeah. So, a, a concussion is not caused by the skull getting smashed or anything of the sort. It's caused by your brain shaking back and forth. It's getting messed up up there. Whiplash more than anything, rather than just a uh, blunt force will is more likely to cause a concussion. Now, I'm no medical expert. These are just some things that I've observed over the years, picking up knowledge on the issue. Um, another thing I want to touch on is the 
rate of concussions. Um, another article from the Cleveland Clinic. Um, it uh, dispels some myths about concussions, and one of those is that kids are getting sports-related concussions at a higher rate. And this isn't necessarily true. While concussion awareness has increased among players, trainers, coaches, everyone, um, this is only because advances in the field, in the medical field, have uh, increased. Yeah. So this reads that it's increased actually 16.5% since 2010. And uh, Dr. So, we have another very credible individual here, says, I think that previously concussions were underdiagnosed because kids weren't complaining of their symptoms and were facing risk for a more severe injury and possibly a longer recovery. I think we're now more aware of what a concussion is." End quote. Um, yeah, so like I mentioned, I've had several teammates, friends, in general, get concussions when they're not even playing sports. It's crazy. It's almost absurd. Now, granted it is possible to get to, to get a concussion uh, while you're not playing a sport, of course. But I just think now that concussions have... They kind of seem like they're a huge problem now. And I really don't think they're any more of a problem now than they've ever been. Um, and I think, if anything, actual concussions have decreased over the years, in recent years, because of the awareness and new practices taking place to try and eliminate head injuries. So yeah, that's just my take on that. Concussions in sports. The Raid. You were listening to The Raid with Raider. Okay, so today's episode, I'm going to be kind of ranting about the infamous Ball family. Yeah, so in my opinion, they are overrated, arrogant, looked upon as celebrities rather than athletes. And, uh, so, yeah, I'd just like to voice my opinion on the family. Um, LeVar Ball, I had never even heard of the guy, the ringleader, the dad of Lonzo, Lamelo, and Leangelo. Um, I'd never even heard of the guy until his son Lonzo uh, broke out into the NBA with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, yeah, so... I, I did hear that he said he could take on Michael Jordan in one-on-one, and that his son Lonzo could beat Steph Curry. 
And, uh, yeah, those are kind of outlandish statements. Um, and people are making this big deal over how, how true LeVar's statements are and how good his sons really are at basketball. And I just think it's, it's a bunch of rubbish. Um, yeah, so obviously... You see the arrogance in LeVar. Um, and yeah, I do think Lonzo is pretty overrated. And this isn't even touching on the shoplifting issue. Um, yeah. Sending your son after this incident to Lithuania is... I don't know what I think about it. I... I guess I'm cool with it. I do know that Eastern Europe is pretty solid at basketball. Um, yeah, so it was LaMelo, who's now playing in the Lithuanian Basketball League, along with LiAngelo. And LiAngelo, yeah, he was the one with UCLA previously. Um, yeah, just a completely inexcusable action. And I think their arrogance as a family had a little bit to do with why this whole uh, really robbery took place. Um, and I'd also like to touch on Daddy Ball. Uh, while LeVar isn't, um, the coach of them anymore, any of his sons, I do believe that he has tremendous influence on them. And Daddy Ball is a big issue, I think, in youth sports where the coach makes administrative decisions um, relating to his sons, daughters, whoever it may be and puts them in positions, uh, whether this be positions on the actual field or just in situations where they might have more opportunities than other individuals, and it's undeserving. It could be. Um, there are ways to be a dad and not put uh, your child into advantageous positions. Um, but yeah, I, I think LeVar is kind of indirectly practicing daddy ball with his sons right now. Yeah, and it's just not okay. I know Fox Fox Sports just did a parody on the Ball family. I didn't think it was that funny, but I did think it was necessary to bring about awareness that the behavior that this family the, the behavior of this family is just unnecessary, inexcusable, uncalled for. Just bad overall. The Raid. You are listening to The Raid with Raider. 
Okay, so today's episode, I'd like to talk about the New England Patriots. Um, why I believe that they're the greatest franchise in the NFL right now. So yeah, the Patriots now have, thanks to Tom Brady, the most Super Bowl victories. Um, yeah. With nine appearances, five wins, seven of these appearances, thanks to Tom Brady, and four of them, excuse me, five wins with Tom Brady, I should say. Yeah. So, in my opinion, it's inarguable that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. He's always been humble, calm, collected, and just an overall great person. And he's been playing this game forever. And in my opinion, he should be a lock for the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, so people will immediately point to Deflategate. Um, yeah. I, well, before I get into that, I do want to mention the other reasons why I believe the Patriots are the greatest franchise in the NFL right now. Not only do they have the most Super Bowl victories, but uh, as of right now, their leader, Tom Brady, their coach, Bill Belichick, their location in New England, and their conference, um, they're just unmatched right now. And I don't think there's much people can do to change that for a while. Yeah, so... Going back to... Deflategate. My take on it. Um, I thought it was completely overhyped. I don't believe the Patriots cheated at all. There is no way... Tom Brady especially... Had any part in... The deflation of footballs. Now, even if they were deflated, and I have read that they were deflated, but they it it was at the limit that they could go. And my dad, a former football coach, former high school football coach, practiced this all the time. And I know some players don't even like the softer footballs. They prefer the hard balls because they stick to their hands better. They form to their hands better. Um, but yeah, the Patriots did not go below the limit. And I think I read if they did, it was a extremely minuscule amount. Um, and the Patriots, they had the game won already. Um, even if they did deflate the footballs, they would have had no impact on the game. Um, and this is also not to mention that the refs, the referees, touched the ball every single play to place the ball, uh, on the yard marker, wherever, uh, the play, uh, kind of placed it in their eyes. Um, yeah, so 
it's kind of inexcusable for the refs because they touch the ball every single play. If the balls were deflated, then they should have noticed. They are the ones officiating the game. So this should be put on them more than anybody else in this situation. Yeah. So, and the other team touches the ball. Just everybody has a chance to see that if there was a chance that these balls were deflated, even though now we know, of course, that they weren't. The Raid. You are listening to The Raid with Raider. Uh, hey, I'd uh, just like to uh, say thank you for listening to my episodes. Um, yeah, so I'll catch you later. The Raid.